So the big question is this, how are retail traders like us, who don't have access to big capital and cutting edge technology, competing against big banks and institutions, putting money from our own pockets, come up with trading methods that beat the market and consistently grow their trading accounts and make a living out of it? So this is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. Hello and welcome to the second ever episode of the Trading Secrets podcast. I'm your host, Imi Yusufzai from itradeaims.com. So once upon a time, I wanted to make money, which is always the case. And I went on the search. I remember I had, um, I had an eBay account and I was buying and selling things in a colleague of mine, who he used to talk about one of his friends who used to drive a Jaguar. And that Jag used to be my favorite car at that time. So I asked him, like, how did you buy that car? And he used to say, it's a funny story. Uh, and the funny thing was that every time you saw him, he always had a friend. So he never actually drove the car. And so I said, why do I always find him sitting on the other side is it really his car and he would laugh uh, he laughed and he said actually um, he made money uh, and he bought this car but he doesn't know how to drive <laughs> and I was like wow uh, how old is he and he was I think he was early 20s now this guy had just simply found um, um, a way to sell uh, digital radios at that time and I think he was importing the, not importing actually, he was buying the digital radios from a wholesaler and he was selling those, um, I think those digital, yeah, that was the time when the whole of Britain was changing from the analog radios to, oh yeah, DAB, they used to call it DAB, yeah, digital something radio. And he made a killing. I mean, his product was probably costing him eight to nine quid, and he was selling them for 40 or 60 quid. So that was pretty good. And I think the idea was not a drop shipping one, but it was that he knew where to source the product and where to sell them. Now, I tried that, but I couldn't find a product like that. I mean, it's, you have to be either lucky or something, or you do your search and then you find something. We did find a few funny things. That is a story from some other day. I used to sell, I used to have a market. I've never told this before. I never talked about this. I used to have a, well, not used to. I mean, we, we tried it, a friend of mine, uh, hold a market and stuff. I'll tell that story some other day. So I asked this friend, like, um, so how does he drive this Jaguar? And I found out that he actually does that. And so that gave me an idea. And I started going on on eBay, and then I found out a way to buy stuff and somebody else uh, delivers it for you. That was like a very interesting idea. That's way before, like, I think somewhere 2006. So I was into the drop shipping thing quite, quite way ahead of, you know, like now if you go to YouTube, it's everywhere. They talk about drop shipping and all that 
And at that time I was doing it. So I think the easiest thing for me was to find out something that was easily, you can send it easily. And so I found some online course, a DVD of something. And this company had those DVDs and they would send it and and you would do, you, you know, uh, you buy them for two or three quid and they will send it for seven or eight pounds. So you had this little bit. It was kind of automatic. So I was working. And when I come home, I will have a few of these orders. Then what I will do is that I will go and buy them and then, you know, add their address. So it's literally like you get an order through eBay, it gets sold. Then you go to that other website and you send it. They don't put their details into it. They just write that it's from you. And then my account got blocked. <laughs> One morning I wake up and my eBay account is gone. And what is fascinating later on that I found out is that eBay literally has no support. I mean, they just, at that time at least, I remember there was literally no way to talk to anybody. You cannot call them or anything. And if you send them an email about this account getting blocked, they'll just send you an automatic reply. It tried many, many times. It just, they come with the same stuff. So I asked them, uh, what's going on? And they would say, okay, fill this form and fax it. Luckily, I wasn't working. <laughs> so, you know, nobody, not everyone had faxes at home. Uh, yeah, so I used the office fax and send it to them. And I never recovered my account. I was like, yeah. This is, this is rubbish. I mean, you can lose your business just like that. And that's when I, you know, the my old fever of trading the stocks. Now, I never traded the stocks before 2006, but because I had some uh, education, because, uh, you know, management and stuff, I, I understood this is a thing. I understood what was a promissory note and, what was um, a bond and, you know, what are shares and stocks, the nominal and blah, 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 and all that. We did some financial statement analysis and stuff. So it was always an idea that was very attractive for me. It's, uh, it had an appeal because you want to own a piece of a big organization. Uh, th this is very attractive idea. And if it goes up, uh, so imagine if I just bought some of the stock in Apple at that time or, or Google and just, you know, uh, just let those stock be. Uh, I don't know, that money would have turned into a lot of money by now. So in my search, I came across a few systems. There are a few more stories in between, but today I'm just going to talk about this one system that I came across. The name was good. It was kind of different. It had some uh, connotation to an animal in it. Uh, <laughs> it was a dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll say it. It was a black dog system. I was trading that. I really like that system. I, I think I still like it. Um, the system was very simple, and it's very similar to what I trade even now. Uh, I think Dave... Uh, Dave Atkinson, who designed it, uh, he either designed it on the system that we trade now, the popular opportunity system, or 
it just happens to be that he was in that uh, that zoom level. So you have a 50 moving average, and you have a 1020 MACD, and then you had your entry alerts, and it was pretty simple. So the idea was very nice, and he, he had a storytelling kind of style, which I really liked, and he had these PDF files you can download, and you go to the forum, and the whole story is in the forum, where, so the reason I really liked the system was like $297 or something, but I think the way it was put in the um, on the page was that it had three systems, and which I later find out that the three system was just like you know you start with something and then you kind of update it, learn from it, and then you start another one. So give it a different name, and then you improve further on it and you change it a bit. So give it a third name. So that was the three systems. By the time I joined, nobody was training the first system, uh, which was probably very slow or most probably highly filtered. Uh, those were those arrows that used to appear on the chart. They used to call it the, the black dog. And then the SES, the, I don't know, SES or something, yeah. The standard entry signal, yes. So there was like the trend indicator and then the entry signal. It was pretty simple. But I had identified uh, something that appealed to me, something that told me, you know, I saw a pattern in looking at those charts. And then I found this indicator. Uh, they, they called it support and resistance indicator. But when I got into the indicator, I had the MQL4 code for it. I modified it and I wanted to see a shaded area between the two support resistance that it showed. And that, so it was different levels it was showing. And so I called it AIMS levels and that just changed the way I traded, I saw the market differently. I just, I found out that you don't want to be trading when the market is inside that zone, that gray zone. And so that proved a lot, but that did not fit well in the forum that I was in. And so a lot of people kind of liked it and it was very disruptive. Some people liked it, some people didn't like it. The one person who didn't like it probably was the owner of the system because I was getting a lot of attention. And they knew what I was trading. I didn't know what I was doing. And <laughs> you'd be probably shocked or maybe you laugh at the fact that that box, I did not know what a fractal was. That box was a fractal box, which we have, we call now Ames box. And that just uh, resulted in something really dramatic, which I will probably tell you in the next episode. So I hope you enjoyed this talk. Um, I don't know why I'm doing doing this, but I just, you know, I just want to record my thoughts. And if you like it, then please let me know. <laughs> so hopefully tomorrow I'll talk about something about the box and how I met uh, somebody who changed the box. And this box has a lot of story to tell. Bye now.